Hi, I'm Nia, and welcome to Bikolai. I'm Kate. And I'm Naomi, and we're reading the book, Looking Like the Enemy. I'm Naomi. I'm Nia. And uh, unfortunately, Cade can't join us today because he's at a dentist appointment, but he helped us make some questions about for this um, podcast today. So, um, what was the author trying to do in the first few chapters? Like, did she try to make us feel a certain way? And how did she set up the moods for those chapters? Uh, she really set up the moods for the chapters by, you know, um, describing them really well and, uh, you know, making us picture in our minds what it was like. And then since this was all her, like, personal experience, you can just imagine what it's like to be in her shoes. Yeah, I know what you mean, because, like, in chapter one, she was describing it how it was like a sort of happy mood, like, before this whole thing went down, like, she was, like, having a school and stuff and then she slowly like shifts the mood to something more grim and scary like throughout the chapters like from one through four uh yeah so like yeah i agree with what you're saying all right next question why did the author keep bringing up the fact that she was american and how did that mindset change like how did she feel later on when people were treating her differently well, uh, I remember at the beginning she was bringing up how she felt more American because she was happy about fitting in with everyone and like going to school and able to like have the same sort of like experience at like with different things. But like as like after the uh, Pearl Harbor bombing, um, people became more um, discriminatory against Japanese. And since she was Japanese, she felt like she was straying away from that American a persona I guess like sort of like the American feeling if that makes sense like she felt more of an outcast instead of feeling more included yeah I agree with that too like she said that she felt American because she was uh, the second generation to be born into America and um she yeah like she really wanted to fit in and uh, she felt sad when people were treating her differently because all she wanted to was all she wanted was to fit in. Yeah. Okay. So next question. Even though she couldn't have told us what her family was thinking, how would you expect her parents and older brother to feel? Would they feel worse or would they feel better about the situation? Like how much? How more? Like how much of more of an impact would the whole situation make on them? Um, I think that they would probably all feel like. Um, also like outcasts too because uh, this is the whole situation is basically discriminating against uh, all Japanese and like they really didn't want to leave all their possessions or you know get rid of them in order to just like feel like they aren't being uh, discriminated against or harassed you know yeah, I get what you're saying. I also, I also, I also would like to add that um, I feel like, like I know all their situations are different with her at school, with her parents taking care of their kids and their farm and stuff. And I believe with the brother, it's also school, but then also I think he was looking for work. I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I feel like with the parents, I feel like they had more of a stressed factor, especially because they aren't citizens. Um, in America, so they ha- were more terrified of being taken away right away and leaving their children behind. Um, I also felt like 
a lot of pressure was on them for like selling their crops and stuff so that they can make money for their kids so that they have something to eat at night or something like I just felt like I felt bad for the parents especially because even though it's in her point of view I could I like I couldn't just I couldn't even imagine how the parents were feeling considering how much responsibility they already had just from being a parent yes definitely like I I 100% agree with that yeah okay Um, next question and why would the yeah. author bring in Japanese pronunciations like uh, Itadaki Masu? I'm about to eat this meal you prepared for us. Um, I feel like uh, they like she brought in those like random Japanese pronunciations so that you can like understand, like keep in mind the fact that her parents speak Japanese at home. That's what they're most fluent in, and like how. The fact that only, I feel like, I think it was only her and her brother who speak fluent English and her parents were sort of struggling, like they can understand. So I feel like it's just to add on the fact of how much struggle, how much they're struggling with. Because like in America, most people speak English. So if you don't speak English, it's hard for you to be able to communicate with people for certain things like jobs and like school and stuff like that. So yeah, that's what I feel like the Japanese pronunciations and words are there for. Yeah, that's right. And also, I just kind of feel like they would she would add that in because um like like you said it was what they spoke at home and that's what the parents were fluent in. Yeah. And uh she had to learn uh English in order to go to the school. And I yeah. Okay, so um, how did the family hear about the FBI inspecting Japanese people's homes and how did they prepare for it? Also, when did the FBI came and what did they take? So um, I think the FBI, uh, uh, well, the family found out about the FBI coming to their house from a neighbor who called on the phone. I can't remember the neighbor's name off the top of my head, though. Um, and they had to, like, really, really prepare for it. They had to go through, like, all of their belongings and then take out all the items that were, I guess, uh, like a little too Japanese, I guess. Something that I guess Americans yeah. would find um, suspicious. Yeah, like uh, inferior or something. And they had to uh, uh, burn them which I thought was really sad, and like the uh, the set of dolls and stuff like that, and the pictures. Yeah. And then that part got me oh, too. Oh yeah. And then. Uh, Cause like, yeah, when you like imagine like burning your family photos, it's just like all those memories just being thrown away. Yeah, that's just it's just so sad to know that you know pictures of. Um, like maybe the only pictures that exist of relatives um, are being burned in that fire, and then when yeah, well because like the they didn't feel like it was American, more like they were scared of them being spies or something. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. when when yeah. the FBI came to their house, they uh, took I think um, the older brother's rifle that he used for use on birds, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, can't remember what else though. It was something else. 
I think it was a uh not a tape. Oh my gosh. Um a oh, radio. Yes, the radio. Yeah, because they thought they could like communicate to Japan or yeah. something. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Considering oh um, you done? Okay. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. You're good, Considering the fact this autobiography is in her point of view, right after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, do you really think people were automatically judgmental of um, her, or was it all in her head? Um, for me, based off what the words I've, like, the vibe I got from the book itself, I felt like at first it was all in her head, like the first, like, day or two, because I don't think people would automatically like say oh my god she is a um spy for japan and america and she's spying on us because like i think i believe she mentioned that her friends were comforting her because they felt bad for her that she was like going through all this stress because of the bombing of pearl harbor because like um i know how like things were different back then like people were probably more um they weren't so open-minded probably compared to now because now it's just like whatever you wear whatever you look like no one cares it's just you're human but like before it was very judgmental so I would I wasn't surprised for her to feel like that way but I don't think people were looking at her like that at first but then it just developed over time like at first I think people were just like really shocked that it happened and then they started pointing fingers and you know placing the blame on somebody else which was the Japanese Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I do believe that it was probably, like, on her head, maybe, like, the first few, like, hours or so, like, after she heard about it. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, like, the whole experience with her going and um, being comforted by her friends, yeah, I think the beginning of it was in her head. Yeah, same. Okay, so when the mail order of the evacuation of the Japanese people was sent out, what was the family most concerned about? Who did they leave their farm to? So when they first saw the mail order, I think they were most concerned about their um, their farms and their pets as well. And they wanted to leave their farm to, um, I think, Mr. Mack. And um, then they remembered that he has, like, um, he has a lot of work to do as well. And I think they... Um, they left it to somebody else. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I believe what they were most concerned about, I think it was the parents because of them not having citizenships. So I think they were very concerned, especially the father, because I think it was just because he was male. But um, I remember, I believe... Um, Maybe I'm incorrect, but, like, they had, like, two different things called non-aliens and aliens. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That was on there, too. And Yeah, and then the non-aliens were the citizens who were Japanese, and aliens were um, Japanese people that were not citizens. So I think they were just very concerned about their parents at first because they didn't know what would happen and why they were two different labels on Mm -hmm. them. Because I think she mentioned that while she was, like, talking about the whole um, evacuation thing um also i want to add like i feel like if i were in that situation i wouldn't know what to be most worried about because then there's like also like my dogs and like the pets and stuff and then like there's your family and like you don't know what will happen to your 
other Japanese friends. I feel like stuff like that really adds on that she didn't mention. So, like, all of that stress with, like, the whole her being socially accepted. Because for me, personally, I don't really mind if people were to hate me or Mm -hmm. something. But I can tell from her point of view, she really felt like it was necessary for people to accept her because like she is a foreign child like she is a child of a foreign parent so it is easy for people to be judgmental of her so I understood what she was feeling by the way she described the things going on yes yeah I agree with that too a whole lot of people today think about individuality and that it's okay to be different but why do you think that the author's parents pushed onto their children the idea of being kind respectful and strong towards other people so that they could have a good impact on people funny thing um i answered this last question but um (laughs) yeah it's i feel like it's because uh they're foreign so they feel like they wouldn't fit in unless they were kind and like they don't show any bad signs so people don't automatically suspect them for anything because um it's just human nature when you're different people will notice you and it's hard to um keep a low profile when you're already different just by the way you look because like she described she would call herself uh she would say how her hair was long thick and straight and it was really dark Mm -hmm. unlike the what I'm what I'm assuming is their thought of American is uh, Caucasian, so blonde, white, fair skin, yeah. blue eyes, probably. So them being like, as she described herself, as she called herself yellow, and she said she had long, dark, heavy hair, I guess, and like slanted eyes. I I understand how she felt like scared of being different so the fact that her parents added on saying she has to fit in she has to um you know be nice kind strong just stay on a low profile it's understandable considering their situation and the time period yeah I 100% agree with your answer to that and I would also like to kind of like add um I think it's part of Japanese culture to have like really really good manners so I think that uh, is a factor in there too so yeah true because like um like she mentioned the story of having like proper like etiquette I guess even like on the normal day they say thank you or like thank you for feeding me this food like like you said the Japanese word itadaki masu yeah like even in the story her friends would like say oh my god you guys are so formal but for her it was something normal because that's just their Mm -hmm. culture so I feel like that was a great thing to point out that you Yeah, did. thanks. Um, and then, like... Okay, oh, so... Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, you have add, more to uh, add? No, go ahead. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay, so a family member of hers told them to come back to Japan a few weeks before the bombing. Do you think the relative really knew about the bombing and was trying to get them back, or was it just a coincidence? Hmm, for this one, I'm not super sure. I mean, it's possible it could have been a coincidence, but... I'm not really too uh, sure about, like, you know, uh, behind the scenes of uh, the Pearl Harbor attack. So I don't know if the public in Japan would have known about it. I mean, like, if they did, then um, it was maybe a family member trying to get them back. But if not, and it kind of, I think it most likely would be a coincidence because 
Um, yeah. I mean, nobody would know really how the uh, Americans would react to uh, getting, you know, Pearl Harbor um, attacked. So, yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, true. Also, I think that, like, it probably was just a coincidence because I don't think any form of government would tell their citizens about plans Mm -hmm. for a war because if things were to get leaked, then it's over for the country because, um, like, why, why would you want your secret plans to be leaked to your enemy? Like, that's why I feel like uh, certain things like that aren't really released unless it was different at the time. I'm not really like a history person, but, um, yeah, I think it was just a coincidence, uh, cause I don't, I don't think, uh, they would even know about it. Cause I feel like that'd be dumb as a government to tell their people that they're going to bomb. That's true too. Country. Yeah. So yeah. moving on what, and we kind of answered this a little bit earlier, but we can go more in depth now. So what do you think their yeah. idea of American was like, do you think they meant white people or the thought of having different races living together as one? Yeah, like we mentioned earlier, I think they just meant Caucasian, so like just white people in general, because uh, they were the first, well, not the first, because the Native Americans came before them, but they were the first to like actually like make America a big deal, yes. if that makes sense. So like now, even now, I know some people who think of, oh, you're so American, like a lot of my Ethiopian relatives are like, oh my god, I love America, uh, and then they like, classify white people as american even though america doesn't even mean white people it's different races as one so like i feel like that oh that idea is always like on the back of like out foreigners heads because it's just the first thought that comes to them so i think their idea of american is just white people which is why she felt so inferior and self-conscious of how she looked throughout the first four chapters I agree with that too. Like, um, back in the time, they thought American was yeah, just just like white people, and uh, they would try to blend in with them as much as they could. Yeah. Okay. Next question. So, seeing that the author just didn't want to be Japanese anymore because of the discrimination caused by the bombing, do you think there are kids, pe- kids and people today who feel the same way about their race slash? ethnicity yes i think so too like um especially with everything that's been going on like um you know uh like riots and everything there are uh there's yes there's still discrimination going on in the world today and people really Mm -hmm. shouldn't be ashamed of their skin color because you know that's something out of their control they can't they can't change that we just need to start accepting people yeah. for, you know, who they are as a person. Yeah, I understand. Like, it's sort of sad to hear that, like, there are still kids today who feel like they should not be whatever color they are because they feel like they aren't normal. I feel like that should be something that was that's left in the past because that should not be a problem right now. Like, I even remember as a child, I always wished I was white. Because um, I felt like being white meant you fit in. And I felt like left out having like curly hair and dark skin compared to other people. 
So, like, I understand how she felt, but, like, not at her, like, level because of, like, literal, like, hers is, like, terrible, terrible. But, like, just, like, at a smaller version, I sort of, like, get what she's trying to say throughout the book. Like, her not wanting to be Japanese. But especially now, I feel like I wish that was not a problem because I'm hoping that people will grow up fast enough so that in the near future, people won't have to think about their own race or ethnicity anymore. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, moving on. What type of rhetoric did the author use, and why do you say that? I think she used uh, pathos, Mm -hmm. because she was bringing in a lot of, like, uh, sensory images and stuff. Like, she would tell how she would feel at the time, and, like, especially for, like, um, the doll part, the way she, like, described everything to, like, the smallest detail it made me feel like I was really connected with uh, the author herself. And I felt like literal (laughs) sadness myself when I heard she threw the doll into the fire. I was like, oh my gosh, no, no, no. Because like the way she described it, it made me like into like get way too into the book. And I was just like, oh, I feel so bad now because like now my emotions are like sinking with hers, with how she feels. So now I feel more, attached to what she's saying and I feel like I have to pay more attention because I feel bad yeah me too like this book is and like entirely her experience and it really just takes you on an emotional journey throughout the book because it's uh the like the way she describes everything and um like she also puts in like the way she feels whenever something happens it's it's just like this book is like very very emotional and it also yes it does hook you in because of the emotion yeah okay so uh last question did you see any types of literary terms like symbolism imagery simile metaphor like etc just anything yeah i think like um especially the parts when they were uh you know uh, going through their belongings before the FBI came to the house, uh, they would like, well, yeah, especially like the parts where she was um, putting, you know, the dolls in the fire. And I guess, I mean, I, I don't really think that the book implies this, but I just kind of feel like she's uh, like almost like burning away her uh, sense of feeling included Japanese yeah Yeah, I get what you're saying sort of like symbolism and there's Mm -hmm. I felt that same way too reading um that part of the book yes and there's so much imagery in this book it's amazing I know like I could like literally clearly imagine her farm of how she was describing things and I was just like I could like when she was um describing the way the FBI came into her house and looked through stuff I felt stressed with her even though I knew that um she's already cleaned out everything but like even though I already know that information I still felt stressed with her when she was talking about the FBI people's like expressions on their face and what they were looking through and how quickly they went through things like I completely, like, I felt all of that through her imagery and symbolism. Like, I feel like those are two big things that she shows in her autobiography. Yes. Yes, very much so. Um, It's just, 
it's just like this book is actually like really really good in the way that um you know the sensory images and you can also sort of like almost hear the book too as you're reading through it yeah it's like she's literally talking to me herself okay mm-hmm. well um we finished talking about the book uh our next podcast will probably be going over chapters 5 through 12 it's going to be a probably a big podcast sadly once again kate couldn't join um this podcast because of a dentist appointment hope and hopefully he can join the next one but he did do his work and he put in some questions for us to answer and talk about during this podcast um i hope you guys well i hope <laughs> i hope miss young likes it but um <laughs> i'm so done i can't take this seriously okay <laughs> but once again i'm naomi i'm nia and welcome and hope you enjoyed this podcast about looking like the enemy thanks for listening <laughs> oh my